Good day, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of what I hope is a burgeoning podcast. I am delighted to have you. So, who the heck am I? My name is Kay Crow. My friends call me Crow. The IRS calls me Kay. I have been writing over for over 20 years because, quite simply, I cannot shut up. I make a full-time living as a writer, specifically as an on-demand typewriter poet. I've got a big mouth, so naturally, I decided to start a podcast, as all chatty people do. In addition to selling poetry, I like to think that I peddle surprise and delight. My offering is a spontaneous encounter and an intimate, utterly unique artistic experience. There are not many people that do what I do, and no one who does it quite like I do it. It seems simple. Give me a prompt, I'll give you a poem. You know, and a private reading besides. But I don't just write poems. I like to think that I create moments suspended in time. I'm both a writer and a spoken word artist. When people encounter me on the street, they are encountering the poetic character I step into. I style my wig and I put on my best psychedelic secretary dress and I invite people to play with poetry over the prop of a typewriter. And I have machines that range from 1911 to 1984. Inviting people to play is the key. I want them to have fun. And this invitation to step outside their comfort comfort zone is key to the enchantment of the experience. But that's a topic for a future episode. Don't worry, we'll get there. Suffice to say, meeting me has big side quest energy. Why did I start this podcast? Simply put, doing this work changed my life. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that me doing this work has changed other people's lives too. I have had countless moments of incredible vulnerability over my typewriter. I have seen people fall in love, mourn death, seek closure, muse on the nature of life, seek solace, and repair relationships with my poetry. I have written poems for punk, polyamorous, trans lesbians at the farmer's market and seven-figure income people in downtown Chicago hotels. And I just needed a place to start telling these stories. I got my start with the typewriter Tarts, which was a typewriter poetry performance ensemble that I co-founded with some notable other poets, including Colty Tixai and Lisa Marie Farver. To my fellow tarts, you will always hold a place in my heart. Boy, oh boy, what a place to start. I know I cannot stop with the rhyming. It just just sort of happens. Buckle in. Prepare yourself. I (laughs) received, back on topic, I received my first typewriter from Eric Plattner, who is one of the founders of Poems While You Wait, 
which is the poem writing and fundraising arm of the nonprofit Rose Metal Press that publishes unique and hybrid books. Eric hooked me up with a 1976 Brother Charger 11. I took it to the streets, and I have not looked back. I will be releasing one episode of this podcast on the final Tuesday of every month. This is a one-person show, a one-bird show, honestly. And though I might bring guests on occasionally, who knows what the future holds? We've got a lot of ground to cover because I have a lot that I want to talk about. I want to tell you about the philosophy of creative bravery and poetic improvisation. I want to tell you stories from my days as a street poet. I want to discuss the unique state that I like to call typewriter zen. And of course, I want to geek out about typewriters. I own 14 of the damn things at the time of this recording. Yes, I have a problem. I highly recommend you get no more than one. Once you acquire a second, they start to breed. So, I will leave you with a story. This story happened while I was working in December of 2022. <clears throat> I was working the Randolph Street Market with my former project, the Typewriter Tarts. Now, the Randolph Street Market is this huge, sprawling vintage fair that is just filled with, to the brim with treasures. People come and they are hunting. The place is packed with people. Well, the upstairs is, anyway. You see, I and a few other vendors are in the basement. There's notably less traffic down there. And finding your way down there sort of feels like you've stumbled into a secret uh, side mission or like a side room in a video game. You weren't expecting it to be there. So I'm sitting there. I have my tray tables. I have a big white sign with black letters that says poems. I'm wearing this floor length black dress and this shawl that is this cashmere and white fox fur that a woman in, got in the 80s, and she gifted it to me. So I'm sitting there looking glamorous, and there's a tall, thin, balding man who comes into the basement. Let's call him Carl. He's wandering over to the food vendor, but our sign catches his eye. The I mean, it's a giant sign that says poems. That, plus the typewriters, usually clues people in to clues people in about what's going on. After he sees the sign, he comes right for us. He doesn't really make eye contact, but he starts flipping through the merchandise. Both my colleague and I have some handmade art for sale. As he's looking at it, he says, this is really cool. I agree, but before I can give him my typical spiel, he wanders away. But not too long later, he wanders back. He says, I think I need a poem. And I say, well, I can help you with that. We have a clipboard with a sign-up sheet where people write their name and their poem topic. He flips about six sheets in to the empty sheets in the middle I ask him if he could please sign up on the front page. 
but he looks away and says that he doesn't want anyone to read his topic. So I slide him a sheet of paper where he can write down what he wants to write down. And I'm thinking it's either something really dirty or just really, really personal. So he scribbles for a minute, then slides the piece of paper back. He gives me his money and I tell him to come back in 20 minutes. On that sheet of paper, he wrote, quote, most important love lost and working to get it back. I took a deep breath because this is a deep one. So I wrote him a poem on my typewriter. I wrote him this poem called The Ocean. Sometimes loss is an ocean to cross. Nothing saves us from the waves where warmth was a harbor bending shelter around my heart. To start again is no easy task. It's no easy ask to ask to love again, especially when something so precious became such a sea between us. And so I sail and sing to the albatross. I'm on my way home. He came back and I read the poem to him. He cried. This 60 plus year old man cried and he came in for a hug and he thanked me. He cried and he thanked me. He left and I thought about him a lot that day, but the thing with writing on-demand poetry and having moments like that is you have to release them into the world. And I honestly never expected to hear from him again. But he had taken one of our cards. Imagine my surprise when I find an email from Carl in our inbox. In the email, he thanked me again for the poem and told me that he had sent the poem to her. I don't know who this her was, but I sincerely wished him well. As a final response, he sent me a photo of the sea, captioned as the La Jala coastline in San Diego, California. So good luck out there, sir. And I really hope your story has a happy ending. So if you want to hear more poetic encounters like this one, you should subscribe to this podcast and follow the website thetravelingtypist.com. Also, follow Crowetry on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter for images and poems from the typewriting life. Crowetry, that's K-R-O-E-T-R-Y. K-R-O-E-T-R-Y. Go and give my go and give my prose a try. Go Mustangs. Yeah, I know I'm lame. Just welcome to the flavor of my brain. Thank you so much for your time and stay poetic out there. This is Crow signing off.